This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for a special edition of Silver and Black today here on this hump day on Wednesday, August 30th. That's right. We're getting close to the end of August. Of course, yesterday was cut down day in the NFL. So we said, you know what? Mo calls me and he says, Scott, we got to do a show on Wednesday, not Thursday. People want to know what's going on. They want to hear from us. And I said, well, yeah, probably. So let's do it. So that's why we're here. And you're talking to Mo Moten. He's a senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. He sometimes does live Bleacher Report chats on the Raiders. But yesterday, Mo, the Raiders decide to wait like four hours and 15 minutes after the deadline, the last one in the NFL, to send out the roster. I don't know why. So Mo had all these disappointed fans wearing his T-shirt, sitting on the chat function, and they couldn't talk to you. Well, they could talk to you. But you couldn't go on live because the Raiders never released their roster. I'll say this: the Raiders owe me some money. I'm not gonna say the amount. <laughs> I almost said, I almost said the amount. The Raiders owe me some money. I had to cancel my Bleach Report live stream on Tuesday because 6:30 Eastern time was the cutoff. 3:30 Pacific was the cutoff, and the Raiders hadn't announced their roster until I believe it was around 7:30 Eastern, 4:30 Pacific. So. Not only did they miss the Eastern time, Western time deadline, they missed it. Even if it were 4 p.m. Western time, they missed it. So, yeah, they owe me some money. Mark Davis, <laughs> you know, will kiss you guys. Send me a check whenever I, you know, send you my address. You owe me some money. Yes, it was weird. Uh, you know, we thought that maybe there might be a deal going down, even though there's a deadline. They have the reporting, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah, it it it, I, it sunk quick, your life. Quick thing, quick, quick thing, and I know people are going to say it's because I've been covering Raiders since 2014. They usually wait till later in the day to release their roster moves, but this time it was just this is by far the longest wait I can remember. I mean, this was what, like I said, three three and a half hours after the deadline. <laughs> Come on, Raiders, get it together. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, uh, yes. We can we can complain because I know you had your live, which was just on and on, and then they finally had to cancel it. Um, over at Sports Knot, I was waiting because I had to do, I got assigned to do the Raiders story. Just, you know, the quick, hey, here's, were there any surprises? Of course, there was a trade earlier in the day, which we'll get into. 
But, uh, you know, you're waiting, waiting, because then I got to cook my kids dinner. And I'm still waiting. And I'm like, and then I had to run to the grocery store. I texted you and our good friend, Evan. I said, I know as immediately when I pull out of the driveway, the roster is going to drop when I have to run to the grocery store, right? And luckily it didn't. It, it, it was when I got home. But anyway, enough of us complaining about us doing our jobs. Um, well, we look at the <laughs> roster cuts and uh, not a lot of surprises. A few, I would call them minor surprises, maybe a couple that you'd maybe teeter on uh, being major. But I, I want to focus in on first really is is the cornerback position. So we saw... We knew it was a competitive room. We've talked about that for weeks here. We've talked about the fact that uh, our, our one of our guys that we root for here, I know we're objective, but one of the guys who's been on the show three times, actually been on Silver and Black today three times, and we've gotten to know him pretty well, is Amik Robertson. We didn't think he was going to make the cut, and instead they cut Tyler Hall, they cut Sam Webb, uh, as well as, um, who am I missing? Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley. So, so they cut mm-hmm. those three veterans, uh, and and that surprised me. Did it surprise you as much as it did me, especially Tyler Hall? The biggest surprise for me was Tyler Hall because <laughs> hours before the roster dropped, I said, I don't know why a lot of beat reporters and people let Tyler Hall off their roster and, because Tyler Hall has more versatility than Amik. Tyler Hall can play both safety positions, yeah. and to me, he's their second-best slot guy behind Nate Hobbs, but of course the Raiders feel differently now. He may find his way back to the practice squad, but I like Amik. I just didn't think he was going to make it simply because Tyler Hall is more versatile than he is. Now people will say, well, Amik play outside. The problem is that Amik isn't that great when he moves outside. He has that height disadvantage. So you, I think I prefer Amik in the slot, but it seems to me they chose Amik in the slot over Tyler Hall in the side. Duke Shelley wasn't that big of a surprise for me. Because no. remember, He's, I got on with you and Murph and I said, I, I went over you and Murph and I said the cornerback room didn't really do themselves any favors in that last Cowboys game. <clears throat> None of those guys looked exceptionally well, played exceptionally well. So I, while I had Duke Shelley on my final 50-man roster, I'm not surprised to see him go. I took yes. Sam Webb off because I said Sam Webb is not making it. He just didn't yeah. do enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was it. Earlier in the day, they made a trade. Near Neil Farrell Jr. traded to the who? What? Kansas City Chiefs, yes, a rare interdivisional trade between the Raiders uh, and the Chiefs. The Raiders get a sixth-round pick. Of course, Neil Farrell Jr. was taken in the fourth round. So you could look at that as a loss or as a bad pick. Um, Mo, I look at it as, listen, Nesta Jade Silvera secured his spot on that team. He earned it. He was a rookie. He was, what, sixth round? Sixth round? Sixth round rookie. Seventh, sorry, yes, seventh round rookie out of Arizona State. He came in there and he beat out a guy that was a fourth rounder. I, it's just the way it goes sometimes. It's not a bad thing that you then trade that guy for a sixth rounder. You found a seventh rounder. To me, it equals out in the wash. Uh, and and the, the point was, Neil Farrell Jr. didn't play bad. That's why the Chiefs were willing to trade for him. The Chiefs, of course, are without Chris Jones, who appears, appears headed to a lengthy holdout Against the Chiefs, it does not appear he'll be there for week one or any time after that. So the Chiefs needed help, and the Raiders obliged. And you made a really good point as people were complaining about uh, trading with their arch rivals. Tell people your point about Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, the plan, and why you shouldn't get upset that they made a trade with the Chiefs. So I, a lot of people were like, oh, you made a 
deal with the with the rival team why would you do that and blah 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 and i said look while it's rare it does happen in the middle of last season the detroit lions uh traded tj hawkinson who's a pro bowl tight end to the vikings they sent a pro bowler now tj hawkinson was a pro bowler before he got to the vikings was a pro bowl in 2020 they sent a pro bowl player to a division rival and people are up in arms about sending a rotational defensive tackle to the chiefs now, unless Neil Farrell turns into a Dominic and Sue, this is not going to come back to bite the Raiders or Dave Ziggler. My my overall point was Dave Ziggler is going to make a deal with whatever team makes sense for the Raiders. Right. If the deal makes sense, whether it's the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, or any other team, he's going to make the deal, and he felt that that deal made sense. Now, a lot of people ask, how does it make sense? Well, you kind of talked about it. Nessa J. Savera happened. So he, Adam Butler made the roster that happened. Yeah, yes. now I know that it, it seems like they <clears throat> gave up or looks like, well, they did get, give up technically on a fourth round pick, but what are fourth round picks expected to be in the NFL? There's expected to be rotational players, depth players with upside to be a starter eventually. And I'm just not up in arms about them. You know, I guess, trading or flipping a fourth rounder into a sixth round pick because that's what a lot of people are focusing on oh he was a fourth round pick and he only got a sixth round pick for him but he plays a, a, a position that's low on the premium chart you think running backs and linebackers are devalued <laughs> defensive tackles unless they're rushing the passer don't have a lot of value in the open market so to me for the Raiders to get something for Neil Farrell Jr is a positive if they were in the end going to cut him anyway. I'd rather give him to the rival Chiefs and get some draft capital than cut him and get nothing if that was the alternative. And that's it. I mean, they, <clears throat> excuse me, they obviously knew they were going to part ways with Neil Farrell Jr. And to be able to get something for him was great. Yeah, like you said, a fourth rounder, getting yeah. a sixth rounder. But <clears throat> it happens when you start picking in those middle rounds. Uh, it can be a crapshoot. It's going to be a crapshoot at the first round. I mean, look what happened with the 49ers and Trey Lance, right? I rest my case. So you just never know. It, Scott, if, if Nessa J. Silvera turns into a pretty good player, high upside player, people are going to be like, but that fourth round pick from 2022 <laughs> Neil Farrell Jr. got away from us. No, people are going to forget that. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, it's not they they gave Max Crosby a, a formal fourth round pick to the Chiefs, a high-end player who's one of their, arguably their best player, not arguably, is their best player in defense. It was a rotational player who you were hoping to take a, uh, another step in his second year. But with a crowded D-line, you got Byron Young there now. Jerry Tillery's back. Like I said, Adam Butler made the roster. With those guys, Blau Nichols is still there. You know, how much, how many snaps was Neil Farrell Jr. really going to get? And are you really going to miss him that much in the regular season? I would say no. So as I said, if you're, if you're going to cut him anyway, might as well get something for him, whether it's the Chiefs or another team that's not a rival. Another surprise cut in my book uh, was Philip Dorsett, uh, the second, of course, the wide receiver, originally out of Miami, a veteran, uh, although he was playing a lot in that last game, late in that game, and so you kind of got the sense that that was happening. Obviously, he can return kicks. The Raiders seem to very be very happy with what they have. Christian Wilkerson has come over from, guess where? The Patriots. England. Mm -hmm. Right, where he was last year. He developed an amazing rapport with Aiden O'Connell. Uh, he seems to be a hardworking guy. He ran. He's very physical wide receiver, too, Mo. That's the thing I was impressed with, him going up on contested balls during the preseason. And, and we heard that report out of camp as well. Uh, this kid, you talk about a kid who really worked himself onto the roster, I think, in a pretty crowded wide receiver room. 
with some veterans that you're obviously saying goodbye, you know, Cam Sims, obviously, and then you had Keenan Cole as well. Um, man, I mean, pretty good little story there with Christian Wilkerson. Yeah, I'll give a quick shout out to Alex Manfreda. He's one of, the, I think he's the deputy editor of Raider Ramble. Raider Ramble. Yeah. He said, he said, uh, Christian Wilkerson has a, has a strong rapport with Aiden O'Connell. It could mean something. It might, might not mean anything. And he was onto something because, as yeah. you just said, I believe he had 10 catches for 122 yards in that last game. <laughs> so he was basically competing with Philip Dorsett for that last wide receiver spot, and he had the better performance, so it makes sense that he would make the roster. I was of the belief that Philip Dorsett, being the veteran there with more years in the league mm-hmm. and then being a, a more speedy wide receiver to to complement Trey Tucker, who is a little consist- inconsistent with his hands, I thought Philip Dorsett would have the inside track to the roster spot, but Christian Wilkinson played well, and, and he – he he made it he made it work for himself made a strong case for himself and that's why he's on the 50 man roster right now. Yeah, and he was one of those guys who who performed so well during the preseason that, you know, other scouts, other teams were well aware of him and so you weren't going to be able to probably stick him on the practice squad, right? He he would have been able to be yeah. because on the practice squad basically all those guys are free agents and technically uh, even though the Raiders retained rights, the first right of refusal for them, so so I think that that was what they looked at, and they went with the younger guy. I mean, you you get the, you get the theme here with going with younger players. I mean, we're seeing it not everywhere, but most spots on the Raiders. They're trying to build this roster, and so they're giving these guys opportunities as well. So it was good. Were you surprised at all by Sincere McCormick being cut? Not at all, because I felt like Amir Abdullah was going to make it because he's their primary pass catcher out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Brandon Bolden is a core special teamer. So there's just no room for another running back, especially with Josh Jacobs being back. And you know, he's going to be your workhorse again. I, I, there was just no room for sincere McCormick. And I, again, I know he scored two touchdowns in, in that preseason game, the first preseason game, I think it was. Yep. But after that, you know, not much. What, what had he produced? Not much. So mm-hmm. it, he just didn't make a strong case for himself after after those two touchdowns. The one thing I will say that kind of surprised me: Joy Meredith made the roster. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't see. I didn't see. <laughs> maybe I missed it. Shout me out if you did have it. But I didn't see Jordan Meredith on anyone's final depth chart projections. <laughs> yeah, I had no I had McClendon Curtis, who I felt like played well, but Jordan Meredith. Played his way in. Congrats yeah. to him for making it initially. Yeah, McClendon Curtis, one of the the, the casualties of cut day, uh, as well as Cole Fotheringham, tight end, who, who looked pretty good. Hopefully he catches on somewhere. And then uh, Drake Thomas, of course, a guy we talked about last game uh, who did really well, uh, but just not enough. And I think from a size perspective there. By the way, news out of Houston, Corey Littleton was cut today too as well. So, uh, man, I feel bad for that guy. He was such a dominated player in, with the Rams – Went to the Raiders, never found it, and went to Houston and never found it, man. You hate to see somebody decline so quickly. I don't feel that bad for Corey Littleton because guess what? The Raiders are still paying still him paying about $10 up. million dollars in dead, money, still on the dead cap. cap money. He's still on the He's still on the Raiders' payroll for about $10 million, so I can't feel too bad for him. Yeah. He's still getting paid pretty well. You're going to live a good life, that's for sure. All right, we are at the end of our first segment here on the special edition on a Wednesday of Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. By the way, I forgot to tell you at the beginning of the show, if you don't already subscribe to the show, please do so wherever you get your audio. Just look for Silver and Black today. Also, if you dare, follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today.
And we will be back right after these words. So stay where you are. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back here, Silver and Black, today on a Wednesday. It's hump day. We are going through the Raiders' 53-man roster. Yesterday was cut day in the NFL. Lots of dreams put on hold or dashed. Others come true, uh, and I'm sure that we'll hear some of those stories coming out of the Raider locker room. By the way, Mo, i got to tell you this story real quick. The other night, what I do, now that I'm back into the journalism thing full-time and, and writing and editing... Um, I love to go outside when the weather's good. Of course, now that I live closer to the East Coast, like you, um, is we're running out of time. You know, we got maybe, I don't know, eight weeks left before it starts to get cold and you can't sit outside. I like to sit outside, smoke a cigar, have a, bo- or a, a bottle, have a, a, a cup, a, a glass of bourbon <laughs> and do my work, right? It's silver and black today work. It's sports not work, whatever I might be working on. So I have a deck, right? And underneath my deck, we have this little round part of the deck, <clears throat> is like a, a little storage area, right? A little door opens. I put my, my lawnmower in there and my gas cans in there. I got some fire ring stuff, all that stuff. <clears throat> so I'm up. I'm having a cigar, but I, I light. I don't light the cigar. I light the tiki torches. You ever seen the little tiki torches that are <clears throat> little, they're uh, liquid fuel, basically? Mm-hmm. So I, I light those out there, keep the bugs away, although we haven't had much this year. But anyway, so I'm lighting it, and the fuse, or not the fuse, the wicks on those things, they're, lo- they're white wicks, and they kind of ball up when they burn. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, they're like, it's spitting off these little embers, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. It just kind of fizzles out. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I smell something, like something's burning. And then I look below my feet, you know, in the slats in between the deck, and there's like fire underneath my deck. 
So these these little embers from these these wicks from the tiki torches get into the under area because I have a tarp under there that covers it so that when it rains or snows, it doesn't go on top of the lawnmower or seep through down and make it a wet mess. So, dude, I run into the house. I grab and and this is a good educational piece for all of you out there, no matter where you live, apartment, house, condo, whatever. Keep a fire extinguisher at your house. Trust me. So I run in the kitchen. My wife's like, what the heck is going on? Because I'm running like a madman. And I go because, again, down there is a gas can and my lawnmower. If the, if the fire hits the gas can, dude, like I'm looking like Elon Musk's satellites, right? I'm flying up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and probably massively disfigured. So I get in there and I spray the fire out. And I burn it out. But anyway, dude, I was like... I was relaxed. I was out there. I was doing some writing. I was in, you know how when you get in that groove when you're writing, Mo? And -hmm. you just feel it and like nothing can stop you. And all of a sudden, everything under my feet is burning. It was crazy, man. So that is just my my, uh, PSA, public service announcement. Keep fire extinguishers in your house. You can go get one at Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever you get them. Um, but, but keep a couple at your house cause you never know when stuff happens. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here is what I'm saying though. So, so, so basically what Scott just told you is he almost blew himself up and his whole entire <laughs> and the family. Home. Yeah. And yeah, the family, yeah. That's dogs, it. everybody. Yes. So be careful. <laughs> and it was funny cause I always worry having a cigar. I always worry about doing that where you drop something and it burns something. And it wasn't even related to that. It was a damn tiki torches. I blame it on the mosquitoes. See, that's that's the problem. <laughs> see, those mosquitoes are evil. I told you about those mosquitoes yes. several episodes ago. There are, yes. There's no use for mosquitoes. They need to just be extinct. <laughs> that's it. I agree. It. There you go. Uh, but anyway, so I wanted to tell you that quick story and surprise you because you weren't ready for it. All right. We are back talking Raiders football now. Not uh, <laughs> And nobody at the Raiders facility is blowing themselves up with, uh, with tiki torches. So, Mo, you look at this, too. As expected, Alex Bars was let go. We saw uh, Isaac Rochelle hey, in the hey, defensive Scott, end. I, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but there were some people on my Bleach Report Live and maybe mm-hmm. in the chat that pushed back. And said Alex Bars is making a roster, and I and I was steadfast, and I was like, he's no. not making it. But go ahead. I think I think everybody was 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 uh, and and listen, thank you for his service. If I'm if I'm a fan, I'm saying thank you. You stepped in at a tough yeah. time, and you you played right. when you needed to. And he is, of course, from the Notre Dame as well. So you oh, have gosh. to appreciate that. Another Irish player, Isaac Rochelle, was cut as well. Uh, but outside of that, you know, I, again, not surprised by this, but now you look at this roster and we can start to look at it and say, okay, again, what's still missing? I think that linebacker spot, um, we were holding out hope when when the last two teams, you texted me, the last two teams to release their roster are the Ravens and the Raiders. Maybe, just maybe, Moe's magical dream of Patrick Queen coming to Las Vegas would happen. Maybe that's what was holding it all up, but not yet, at least. So we'll have to wait on that one. But I do think people get to, we put a lot of stock and we talk about this 53-man cutdown day. But in reality, Mo, more moves, more action on this roster. A guy might have made the roster today, came in the building, was like, like we used to do in high school. If you're, okay, you go on the list and are you on the list? Did you make the team? Um, but then it could be 24 hours and they're gone. It could be 48 hours. It could be 72. It, you never know. There is a lot of roster turnover here as even 
today, later today on Wednesday, they will open it up and you can start signing players to your practice squad as well. So, so when you look at that kind of tell us Mo on if from your point of view and from the listeners out there, um, what to expect and where you might see some changes of guys who seemingly made the roster, but might not be there very long. So I think they're going to be, I think still are going to pull off a trade. May not be for Patrick queen. I hope it's a linebacker because I'm still not confident in the linebacker core there. But as you said, today, Wednesday at noon, the Raiders will be able to start adding players to the practice squad. They can add 16 players to the practice squad. 10 of those players have to have fewer than two crude seasons. And the other six can be veterans of you know, however many years. So guys like Philip Dorsett can find their way back onto the practice squad. But I actually expect changes. If, if I were these guys that I'm going to name, I wouldn't get too comfortable. If I'm Isaiah Polamau, even though I like him, I had him on the on the, my last death chart. I wouldn't get comfortable as the fifth safety because, as I said, Roger Teamer is more of a coach, Buster Teamer, so I think he's probably safer than Isaiah Polamau. Jordan Meredith, though he made it over Alex Bars, wouldn't get too comfortable because the Raiders have some flexibility with some of their offensive linemen who can move inside the guard. So wouldn't get comfortable if I were him. Christian Wilkerson, who we talked about earlier in the show, wouldn't get too comfortable. The Raiders only had five wide receivers last year. I know DeAndre Carter is more of a special teams guy, return, returning kicks and punts. But you're the sixth wide receiver. You're not getting too comfortable. So those three guys, I would just kind of look over my shoulder a little bit. The Raiders could pick up a guy who's now a free agent. I still know who's been available is an option for the Raiders at linebacker if they don't trade for one. So free between free agents, claiming guys off waivers, and guys that they may be in between on, yeah. Practice squad, 53-man roster, they can make some changes. So as a lot of people have said, the, the initial roster is not going to be the final product come week one. Yes, and you look at um, some notable players released yesterday, Mo, and at the, at the, at the linebacker position, not, not a lot um, from a free agent standpoint. I mean, Jabril Cox, who, of course, was the bell of the ball back in 2021 as a fourth rounder and then tore his ACL – um, and never kind of got back to where people uh, really liked him. Uh, he was cut as well as Christian Kirksey was cut. Remember him as well. Christian Harris, uh, Denzel Perryman, Corey Lytton, uh, Littleton, I mentioned earlier um, on that roster and and so on. So you look at this cornerback position. There's a couple guys there. By the way, Nicholas Morrow was cut again. So Raider fans who love him will then be clamoring for him, uh, as we know. Uh, but but Kirksey's rumored to maybe be going to Philly. So we'll see how it all turns out. And if you look at the waiver wire order, the Raiders are seventh in the order, by the way, mm-hmm. when it comes to the Raider wire. The Bears are first, so the Bears get the first crack at anything that comes down the wire. Uh, when you look at that market, though, Mo, is there anybody you got your eye on that was either cut uh, on Tuesday or maybe could be a cut coming up here uh, again, as as teams go for other opportunities with players who breach the waiver wire. If the, now you mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles being connected to Christian Kirksey, if if Philadelphia doesn't close the deal with him, if I'm the Raiders, I'm jumping on that. He yep. played really well last year with the Texans. I have mm-hmm. a guy out there covers the Texans and said he was basically a captain on that defense. 
played every game because he had some injury issues when he was with the Cleveland Browns, played every game, I believe he had about two interceptions, had 124 tackles, had seven tackles for loss. He was arguably their best linebacker there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he should, ha- he should be getting a lot of calls from teams interested in him. Uh, Jalen Smith is another guy I think could circle back with the Raiders. Remember the Raiders hosted him for a visit before he signed with the Saints. I know a lot of people want to say Jalen Smith is, is washed, but apparently the Raiders thought he, you know, were interested enough to bring him in for a visit. Now that he's available again, he may circle back to, to Las Vegas. He may take the offer, whatever the Raiders uh, were, were giving him on the table. So we'll see what happens with that. Another guy that I, that's not a position of big need, but I really liked coming out of Washington Running back Miles Gaskin. Running back Miles ah. Gaskin was let go. Of, um, the Dolphins let him go, and they drafted a running back, Devon A. Chain, uh, um, this year. So I knew somebody on the back end, even e- either Alvin Samed or Miles Gaskin, would let go. I like Miles Gaskin. He had a pretty productive year. I believe he had over a thousand yards from scrimmage one year with the Dolphins. Just that they have a crowded room now with Raheem Mostert there, with uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. there. As I said, A. Chain is there too. So. I think he'll catch on somewhere and he can be a committee guy. If you're low on Zamir White and think the Raiders need a bit of a boost at, at running back, or maybe you, you don't like uh, Amir Abdullah being there, Miles mm-hmm. Gaskin can, patch, can catch and run out of the backfield. So I think he could be a replacement for Amir Abdullah, who I believe is 30 years old. Miles Gaskin is younger. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be opportunities. It'll be interesting to see what the Raiders do. And, and, and there's always some surprises, too, because a player – Sometimes will come on the market. Remember, a lot of these GMs and the scouts, Mo, they mm-hmm. they scout these guys coming out of college, and they're high on their list in college. They don't always get to draft them. They might go earlier than they're able to draft them. So they're still in love with those guys, by the way. Some of these guys who end up getting mm-hmm. cut, they know, hey, I can just bring them in here, and we can get all that potential out of them that they couldn't get out of them in, in Seattle or, or Detroit or wherever it may be. So that's sort of how it works in the NFL. So I think you're going to be surprised. You had something to say, though? I'm wondering if the Raiders would be interested in bringing in – now, these aren't the greatest of names. These aren't guys who are going to wow you. But Tay Crowder, I believe, played under mm-hmm. Patrick Graham in New York. And O'Shane Eximenez, who's an edge rusher. Tay Crowder's a linebacker. Eximenez is an edge rusher. Eximenez is interesting to me because he came out of Old Dominion, showed some flashes – in his first year and last year, in those middle two years, didn't have any sacks. He's been banged up. But remember, Chandler Jones, we don't know what his stats is going to be. How healthy is he going to be for week one? So if the Raiders are looking for some depth on the edge, I wonder if they call Shane Eximenez to come in and just kind of fill in until Chandler Jones is 100%. Yeah. Bailey Zappi? Oh, that surprised me. <laughs> it was a big surprise. It, me, that was a surprise. Uh, at Sports yeah. Talk, we did we did a story, and I did the video with the top three kind of surprises, and he was one of them just because of where he was drafted, and you kind of had the feeling that maybe he was going to be able to step in there if if Jones can't get it together. But uh, that was that was it. And of course, we know so about some of the other cuts, some of the former Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, Chicago gone, Brian Edwards in New Orleans gone, Jonathan Abram in New Orleans gone, all the Gruden guys not trying to pile on, just stating fact. T- Tanner it's, Muse. It's Tanner Muse. Yes, the war daddy himself <laughs> uh, out. It, it's incredible. I mean, it, you you don't revel in it because it's sad that. All of that draft capital, man, 
Josh Jacobs is it, right? I mean, and 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 Miller, that's it. Well, from 2019, yeah, 2019, and 20, yeah, 20. Oh, 20. Josh Jacobs was 20. 19 was was Miller. no. Josh no. Jacobs was 19. 19. Josh Jacobs was 19. 20. Right. 20. That 20 class. Oh yeah, was the disaster class. Amik Robinson's the only one left. He's the only one left. Yeah, imagine. He's that. the only one left. It's so. so bad that I'm forgetting the years because I just it's you don't want to remember that. You know, like ni- the 19 year was Max Crosby saves it because yes. Matt, that was Max Crosby's class. So he saves that. When you look at the 2019 class, you're like, all right, they whiff clearly on Cleveland Farrell, but at least they got Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs out of who are cornerstone players. Hunter Renfro, we'll see how he bounces back or if he bounces back. But when you go after that, that 2020 class, the 2021 class, yeah. Oh man, and, Alex and, Leatherwood. And let's let's be fair to the Gruden and Mayock uh, double-headed monster. Uh, the last year's Raiders class still up in the air a little bit, right? Uh, we saw Neil, yeah. Neil Farrell go. There are some good players there, Thank of you, course. Um, Butler too. So so those. Yeah, the jury's still a little bit out on Dave Ziegler. I think he did better in the draft this year, early early returns, that is. So we'll have to see. But I, I don't I'm not giving the front office and the Raiders a pass like it like they're I mean, I don't think you could do as bad as Gruden and Mayock did, but but certainly uh if you're gonna build a championship team, you gotta start nailing drafts. So if the Raiders draft picks this year don't contribute like we think they can and we've seen so far, then the team could be in trouble again. But I don't want to go down that slope because I know some of the people are already there. <laughs> the good thing about the 2022 class <laughs> is that at least their first pick is a start. Dylan Parham is going to be their left guard. Correct. Yeah. Thayer Mumford Jr. had a legitimate chance to wrestle away the right tackle job from Jermaine Illuminar. We'll see who starts there week one, but I, I assume it's going to be Jermaine Illuminar. Zamir White, every time I say something about Zamir White, there's someone rushing to defend him. And and I'm just I'm not saying he's he's an awful player. I'm just saying he's he's eh. Right. Eh, you know. <laughs> eh. Eh. I I, I'm I'm more of a Britain Brown guy, but he's hurt right now. So. <laughs> well, it, again, it's the NFL and running backs. You just kind of you 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 reload every two to three years, right? So, uh, I was asked on a show today if you know now that Josh Jacobs and the Raiders all made happy and everybody's you know kumbaya and shooting videos, uh, you know, are the Raiders going to sign him to a long term deal? And I said, I don't think so. I, I think it's going to, it's now if he goes out and balls out great, but are the Raiders going to be in the position to where they want to pay him again next year? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but that position <sighs> Mo it's that like you talked about defensive tackle on the inside. Look, it's just, just, I would just cheer for your guy this year and hopefully he has a great year for him and for the team. Here are my early thoughts on that Josh Jacobs situation. If you want to look ahead to 2024, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say the Raiders, and I just hypothetically speaking, let's say they go eleven to six, they're a playoff team. A lot of people are gonna laugh at that, right? But let's say anything could happen. Who knows? Let's say they go eleven to six, they're in the playoffs, and they win a playoff game. And they look at their roster and say, we can run this back and we could take it a little further with a few more pieces. I think they would be less reluctant to let Josh Jacobs go if he was a big part of why they were winning and why they're sure. a playoff team again. Now, if they're if they finish six and eleven again, or they win four games. I think it's Josh Jacobs more likely will hit the free agent market because they'll say, look, Josh Jacobs played well, but we only won four games. He's playing a low premium position. I know people are going to say, well, you got Max Crosby and you still only won four games. The the difference is Max Crosby plays a very high premium position. 
Right. Running back, as we saw, as we've seen this 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 past offseason, teams are not paying running backs. No. So if you're if you're a team that's on the bottom of the standings, you're not gonna be encouraged to pay a running back because you're like, well, we can use that money to spend elsewhere and get better at higher premium positions. I did think it was interesting that uh, all of the hubbub around Jonathan Taylor, oh, you can seek a trade. Well, clearly, you talk about the running back market, clearly, whatever Indianapolis was asking, because they let Taylor go out with his agent and try to find a trade, and guess what? Nobody wanted it. So that tells you, Jonathan Taylor, now he was injured last year, didn't have a great year, but he's a great back. Love the guy. I think he's a very incredible talent. But it just goes again. It's another example to show you where that market at. It's just not there. Um, All right. We're going to step aside for a break when we come back. We'll do a couple little mail items. We usually do that on Thursday. We're going to just grab a couple of them today. Uh, I won't talk about blowing myself up or anything like that, but we will (laughs) roll on with some more Raiders talk as well. By the way, if you want to be a part of the mailbag shows, send us mail. It's mail at silverandblacktoday.com, mail at silverandblacktoday.com. We are coming right back after these words. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. It's time for the home stretch here on Silver and Black Today, this special edition on Wednesday. We've been talking a lot about cut day in the NFL yesterday. Of course, the Raiders 53-man roster. Not a ton of surprises, a couple little ones. And of course, the trade with Kansas City is what we discussed at the top of the show. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Just look for Silver and Black Today and you'll find us there. And us is me. I'm Scott Colbranson, your host, along with my co-host, Mr. Mo Moten. He's a senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com, where we both write. That's right. You can also find me at SportsNot.com and follow us on Twitter. You can see the names on the screen if you're watching us. If not, you can also see them in the description there. All right, Mo, uh, we're going to get into the uh, mailbag here, abbreviated but quick mailbag, because we didn't give people enough time. Usually they send mail towards the tail end of the week, and then we get to it at the end of the week. But we did get some some interesting pieces of mail that I want to get your reaction to and, and some new writers. Although I think this, this, this next fan uh, listener actually has written in before. Uh, his name is Anders. Uh, Anders. 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 Oh, what do you think? Anders? I think it's Anders. How's it spelled? A-N-D-E-R? E-R-S. Anders. Anders, yeah. Yeah, Anders. All right, Anders. Sorry, we, we just got your name correct. Uh, obviously, he says, a little worried about our linebacker room. Ha ha. What can a team do to compensate? This is a great question for Mo, who's much more of an X's and O's guy than I am. What can a team do to compensate for a weak linebacker core? Get creative and use three safeties and have one move up? Guess that means no slot cornerback. Yikes. That's from... Anders, Anders, thanks for that. Mo, we talked about this last year. Remember we talked about compensating for a weak offensive line and what you do there? Mm-hmm. What about a weak linebacking core in this pass-happy NFL where linebacking and the position has changed significantly over the years, where speed is much more an issue than maybe size and these big hits that we used to see from the likes of Lawrence Taylor Talk about his question there, and what can the Raiders do if they can't really address the linebacker position this season? I think Anders answered his own question right there. <laughs> you usually would compensate with an extra safety 
usually a bigger safety. So I say that person is probably Isaiah Polamau, who's six four. I believe he both up this offseason, so he may be about two twenty. The, the website, the Raiders website, has him listed at two ten, but I think he's bigger than that. But you would compensate with a bigger safety, and I I, I get the the angst about oh you're gonna have to change some things around, maybe to have a slot corner on the field, but I think. The NFL as a whole, when you look at the way teams play defense now, you're seeing a lot more safeties in the box or play linebacker, be that hybrid. I think that's just the way the game is trending. If you remember, we had Baldy on during the draft, and he said linebackers aren't hitting the way they used to anymore. And that's because a lot of the linebackers now coming in are, are hybrid guys or guys who are versatile where they can rush the passer, they can cover, they can do multiple things on the, on the back seven. So I think the changing of the league is, is going to require teams to have an athletic play in the middle of the field, not necessarily a linebacker, but could be a safety. So I think the Raiders are trending in that direction. I think Isaiah Polamau is the perfect player to fill that role simply because he's not too small. He's not one of these smaller safeties at six feet. He, again, he's six four, maybe about two twenty now. So he, he's the size of of a you know of a slender linebacker, so to yes. speak, kind of like Malik Cunningham, who used to play with the Texans and was with the Titans last year. So. I think they're. I'm not just saying the Rams are going to be fine with that plan because I still think they need another linebacker, but they are equipped to play this modern style game where they're going to play a team that's going to spread them out. They have the athletic bodies to cover some gaps in their secondary and in the box. Absolutely. Yeah. And that hybrid position, you're seeing it much more in college now where you have um, that safety who sneaks in at linebacker and kind of that size uh, we saw Isaiah Simmons, obviously, with the trade from Arizona and and what happened there. Um, that was the kind of player I know a lot of Raider fans were like, why didn't we trade for him? Well, there's all kinds of reasons <laughs> why. But nonetheless, it's the kind of player that they could have used right now. Right. And the, the one thing I didn't realize about Isaiah Simmons, one of the question marks about him on his, in his exit from Arizona was his effort. I did some effort. digging and yeah. there were some questions about he gave up in that preseason game against the Chiefs when he was getting burned. So there could have been a questions about, you know, is he mature enough? That's when that's when the maturity questions come in. And so maybe the Raiders had some concerns there. Who knows? But there was more, it was more than just performance with Isaiah Simmons. Anytime you give up on a, a top 10 overall pick, it's, it's usually a little more to the story. And I think that may have played a factor into why the Raiders maybe didn't try to acquire him. Yeah, I love that kid coming out of college, uh, and hopefully he finds it. Uh, you hate to see somebody with so much talent not be able to realize it, so we'll see. Anders, thank you so much for your mail. Again, you can also hit us up on Twitter, in the YouTube comments, wherever you want. Just ask your question. We'll get it into the rotation. Next message comes from uh, a longtime listener to the show. He's a professional comedian. His name is AJ DeMello. AJ has been, actually, we had him on the show, man, that would probably be three or four years ago um, when, I, when Kelly was on with me. And uh, AJ, of course, his, 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 I'm going to get to his email, but of course it's got some funnies in it, right? Of course, because he's a comedian. So mm-hmm. AJ, and I'm not sure, I'll have to find out where he does his stand-up. I think it's still in Los Angeles. But anyway, uh, he says, okay, what is your opinion on this stupid Jersey phenomenon? I'm only 33 years old, but I feel 83 when I tell people how sick I am to see Jacobs go from 28 to 8 and to have tight ends and defensive ends wear the single numbers. I know most people don't care, and why does it matter, but it feels wrong. I absolutely hate it. 
kid numbers on grownups, that's like choosing water wings when the boat's going down instead of a life preserver. <laughs> I'd rather I, I wonder <laughs> I wonder if AJ put ketchup on his hot dog. Because maybe uh, he's no, he's not he's smart. What do you mean? You wouldn't put ketchup on his hot dog. Uh, I'd rather chance drowning than looking the part or looking the part. I know that's a terrible example, but I don't care. Uh, by the way, the witch is dead no more car. We can actually become a team and be confident. It's fun cutting out the cancer, ain't it? Woo. AJ is obviously not a fan of Derek Carr. Can't wait to see quarterbacks that actually see the field all year that aren't afraid to speak up and lead. And that's without cutting the sleeves off their jersey. <laughs> AJ DeMello. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and he said, P.S. He actually sent, sent a second email. By the way, the number thing doesn't matter. That probably wasn't funny. I'm just having a bad day. No joke. <laughs> Though, please tell McDaniels to draft a running back that actually breaks tackles as our number two next time. <laughs> so there you go. There's a Zamir White comment, right? Yep. Uh, but yep. AJ DeBello, thanks for your comment. So what did you think of that? What about the jersey thing? Is it weird seeing uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Detroit wearing the number 50 or whatever the hell it was? I forgot what number it was. At quarterback? It was 50. Like, it was 50, right? Yeah. So, so, so what do you think of this? Like, I'm so used to, and I know you're younger than me, Mo, but you grew up pretty much the same way, which was receivers were in the 80s. Then they opened it up a little, 80s as far as numbers on their jersey. And then they mm -hmm. opened it up a little bit and went back to give them, they could have quarterback numbers, single digit, and the teens. Like when I was a kid, Charlie Joyner, these guys, these wide receivers, uh, Cliff Branch, well, Cliff Branch was 21. But anyway, those guys had those, those digit numbers. Now they basically opened up the floodgates. And if you want to be a quarterback and wear number 99, you can't. My take on this is I'm going to sound like the old guy screaming at the clouds here. But now if you don't know the roster, well, you're not going to know who's who on the field because usually you can get an idea of who's who because you know if, if the number's an A's, it's a wide receiver. Yeah. The number is a single digit, something probably a quarterback. I mean, Tyree Wilson is wearing nine. Nine. Yeah. And I'm just like, a I, I, I follow the team closely, but I'm not going to lie to you. The first preseason game, I find myself looking at the depth chart online like, <laughs> who is this guy now? Aziz Hearn? Okay, what number is he? Okay, you know, and I'm just like, what I don't like, and because I, I, you know, played a little bit of cornerback in high school, I don't like cornerbacks with numbers in the 40s. Yeah. I don't like seeing that. For some reason, I just, a cornerback wearing like 46 or 48 just bothers me. I like my quarterback, cornerbacks. You know, 24, Charles Woodson, you know, in the 20s. You know, I, yeah. I, I get the 30s sometimes, but seeing a cornerback with a number in the 40s bothers me. But the wide receiver thing, not so much. Tyree Wilson and nine is weird, as I said. Thank goodness Teddy Bridgewater went to 17 from 50. Because that was just ugly. Even though he's not the star, just come on, Teddy. Yeah. But, I, I, yeah, I'm definitely going to sound like an old person here. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with A.J., I like the structure with the numbers versus what we're getting to today where anybody could just almost basically wear any number they want. Yeah, I don't understand why it was done. Like, I never heard a reasoning behind why they opened it up that way. Now, in college, you understand it because in college, you have, uh, you have guys that play both ways, right? It's a yeah. different type of system sometimes. Not all of them do. It doesn't happen a ton anymore. But you can't, and you can have duplicate numbers. You can have two number 50s in college, right? You can have that uh, depending on the size of the rosters and where you're at as far as the classifications 
divisions and whatnot. So, so I get that, but yeah, it's, it's just weird. And then it, it sets up these weird situations too, where a guy, a rookie comes in unbeknownst to him, they give him a number and then people go nuts on him saying you're being disrespectful to the last quarterback who left when he had no choice. Right. So again, you start eating up those numbers and that's what happened. Now Someone I saw somebody posted, did you see the number 12 thing? I was just getting ready to bring that up. Were you? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. No, I was going to say, I I found it funny because as someone put an edit up of Aiden O'Connell in number 12, someone said, they hope Aiden O'Connell changes to number 12 when the season starts. How, <laughs> how, how, how interesting would that be if Aiden O'Connell starts the season at number 12 and actually steps in for Jimmy Garoppolo, has a great season, Tom Brady in the process of being a part on the Raiders how crazy would that be <laughs> if that would all just come together like that sounds like a movie uh yes and 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 very rarely do movies become reality but you never know but yeah it, it'll be interesting to see if he changes his number with numbers freed up now but who knows you know then then suddenly you're they'll sign some linebacker who wants to be number six I don't know who knows but but AJ's on to a point there I think I it, it's it's a really interesting conversation i'll have to ask why it was done i have to figure that out so i i owe the listeners that explanation i will go searching for that <laughs> i will say though i had no problem with jacobs wearing eight because i believe he wore eight at bama yeah. so he's basically just going back to the number he had i'm okay with that um the one thing i will say is that it's hard for for people who buy jerseys because then some some next guy could be wearing the jersey that you bought originally for Josh Jacobs in 28. Now some next guy could be wearing it, and now it's not Josh Jacobs anymore. The yes. cool thing was I saw Roquan Smith do this. He held a like a kind of like a not a, I won't say a party, but just kind of like get together for fans who bought his old number because I think he's changing the number zero now. Yeah, and he was giving out you know his new jersey number to the fans who may have bought the old jersey with his old That's number. Cool. I thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. I know I know that the store, because they're so huge now, they're pre pretty much a monopoly, that Fanatic store, right, who sends, sells mm -hmm. all the NFL, NBA, and NHL gear, Major League Baseball, they have that jersey guarantee where, like, if you buy a jersey, I think it's within a year or a season, and your player gets traded. It. I wonder if they do that with the number change, too. I'll have to find that out. But because, but, listen, man, it's a freaking investment to buy a jersey these days. I. I feel terrible Absolutely. for kids, man, especially working class kids, man, just want their favorite player's jersey. And it's like $100 for a replica jersey now at the at, for a kid's size. This is why, I mean, I do have, I still, to this day, I have a Jerry Rice jersey. I have a Charles Woodson jersey that's all beat up. But other than that, I bought jerseys and just put my name on it because I'm always <laughs> going to be me, right? So no one, I'm not changing my number. I'm not, I'm not playing, so I'm not changing my number anytime soon. It's like it could always be me with my name on the back. <laughs> I love it, man. That's good stuff. Uh, by the way, I said Midtown Mo because um, a reminder to go up to DC4L Custom Tees, <laughs> buy your Midtown Mo. We're starting to see them out in the wild now. And um, I want it. We, we got to start sharing pictures. So you have to tweet at us your pictures. We got a couple. So uh, when we come back next week for a full show, I will present those. I'll, I'll get some of those up. So make sure you send them. If you got your Midtown Mo shirt, we saw Rossi all the way in Australia. There's one in Australia, Mo. There's Rossi's going to be walking in Australia wearing a Midtown Mo shirt. Think about that. 
Think about from Shut where up. you came from as far as growing up a little kid, going to college, starting a career that wasn't the career you wanted, and then and then working your ass off to then find the career you wanted. Now there's people walking all over the world in a shirt with your name on it. I'll, I'll say it's it it's absolutely incredible because shout out to James Owens, I believe, who's also in our Silver and Black yes, Today League. Great bought picture. The shirt, posted a picture and I retweeted it. Shout out to James for that. It, it's I said it to someone else. It's surreal that you know I might see someone outside walking <laughs> with my nickname on their chest or on their chest with their shirt. Because there, let me tell you that there are people out there who are just starting to get their orders in. So shout out to the, all those people. I will be posting and tweeting those uh, photos out there. But I, I, I'm I'm humble. Honestly, I'll, I'll honestly say. From the Bleacher Report live support that I get, the people hanging out in the, in the chat, the people in the chat here with us on X, on Twitter, whatever you want to call it, I appreciate the support. It's just from where I came from, I, I couldn't picture it being this way for me. Uh, well, you deserve it, man. You're working hard. And of course, not only that, but again, because you always help others. We talk about that offline and and <clears> helping <throat> folks trying to break into journalism and other 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 ventures. Uh, but buying that shirt, you're helping out to the One Nation Foundation. So you buy mm -hmm. that shirt. Mo and I don't make any money off these things. That, the Irish Cannon shirt, we don't make any money off it. Four bucks from every shirt goes to the One Nation Foundation for uh, Jeff, Michelle, and Murph, who then give most of it to the Blitnikoff Foundation, of course, and to Raider Dad. So it goes to Raider Charities, too. It's not like it's going to even though they're a great charity, the Red Cross. No, this is going to charities that actually are from within Raider Nation, so you're helping out one another, which is phenomenal as well. So we certainly appreciate it, but it's fun. And I, know and I encourage people, you know, check out One Nation Foundation. Check out these yes. charities just, just so you know that they are real. They're out there. It's just not going into the ether. The real charities, real money going to real causes. Yeah, and any any of the super chats we get in 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 YouTube for you guys watching us right now, there and we got a couple last show that goes right to to the one nation one nation foundation as well as uh, other donations that come in and we have a big one we're working on murph and i are working on that we'll hopefully be able to tell you guys about pretty soon uh pretty pretty close to my heart so it's going to be fun uh, but do that get your midtown mo shirt and strut you gotta strut though like send us some videos strutting especially if i want to see somebody in midtown wearing a midtown mo shirt like you know that that forty third and forty third and sixth or something you know so, somewhere there near Times Square something like that. Uh, you know I, the day that happens, I I'm gonna take a picture. I'll have to stop that person. <laughs> and the per I don't know if the person will even recognize me, right? Because sometimes <laughs> people say I look different in person. Oh really? You know? Yeah. Some people say I look a little different in person. They're not expecting me to look the way I do in person. I don't know what that means. Interesting. But um person may not recognize me. I would have to stop that person and immediately take a photo. So if you're out there yeah. with a Midtown Mo t-shirt, we're going to have to take a, a selfie, a, a flick together and post it on social media for the people. It will be. It'll be fun. You know Kelly's working on something crazy with it. It's just got to be Kelly's always doing. working on something he's doing crazy. Something. I, I don't, he's always got something up his sleeve. He and does. Always <laughs> he's, it, we're overdue to have him on the show. We will have him on next week. We have, by the way... Uh, for those uh, that uh, are familiar, we do have, and 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 it's sorry we got so busy with things happening. I was going to try to do a couple other leagues um, to to welcome more of you in, but we do have a, a silver and black today 
Fantasy Football League with some listeners, uh, and those listeners will introduce them again next week. But we have our draft on Sunday uh, as well, so uh, we're going to get used to that. And 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 again, Mo has to lose to me because um, he's he's used to that. He's he's used to that. He's gonna we gotta come up with another bet, man. I don't know. I don't know. But did we split? Did we split last year? Or was I one too? I know, I know, he, I know. I lost the first one, and I ate the ice cream, so I'll never forget that. But I, I think we split. Did we split? I don't know. Because remember, I came on strong at the end. We we'll have to look at the. Standings. You did come on strong at the end. Yeah. I, I know. I, I know. I owe Wendy. She was two and zero against me last year. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you want about we, Wendy's record. She beat me twice last year. She did, and we're gonna we're gonna. I'm, I'm thinking about because I'm not gonna change any of the rules, but I am thinking about going to a sixteen playoff. What do you think? We had four last year. We had year. four. It's tough. Now we got 12, 12 teams. You, you do understand if you open it up to six, then I'm definitely going to win the title. <laughs> because then you're because if it was six last year, I would have made it. I think I would. Yes, made it. you would have made it. I know. Well, hey, I'm trying to help you out here, man. Because I know you'll be in that <laughs> sixth spot again. <laughs> There's listeners out there going, why are they talking about fantasy football? Fantasy football. I don't want to talk about fantasy football. The, the funny thing is, whenever I'm on social media or on my Bleach mm -hmm. Report Live, I usually get at least one or two fantasy football questions. I am your fantasy football guy. If you want to know, I I do fantasy football. I'll have some fantasy football pieces out during the season at Bleach Report. Make sure you check that out. They'll drop every Friday in the morning. Every Friday morning. As 7 a.m. As you yeah. sit there and think about, oh, gosh, only one more day and I get some time off. Then you can do that. For those of you who work on the weekends like Mo, Mo and I do now, uh, you know that your weekend might be Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and Saturday. <laughs> Not two days in a row as, as we both look at that. But anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, but fantasy football, it's so big. So when people say, why are you talking about it? It's because most people play it. And listen, I'm a busy father of five, right? I got jobs. I got all the stuff that we do. Mo's busy. He's all over the place too. But you still find time to do it because we, working in it, you're covering it anyway. But also, you get a little joy out of it, and it helps you connect with the rest of the league and with people and with friends, right? So, so we're going to talk about it on here. So we'll have Kelly on next week. Um, he'll probably have his camera on vertically. You know, all that kind of stuff. He's 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 from Southern Indiana. You know, he's you know he's only a step above. Uh, what do you call him? I forgot what they call him in Southern Indiana. But anyway, uh, he's he, he's gonna kill me for that. But anyway, we apologize to the people in Indiana for that one. No, I won't. They they're only they're right across the border. It's only like uh, eight miles from me, man. I know. I know some people in Indiana. They were like, "What? What? What did your call say about?" Yeah, did they from Indiana? It could be a little testy. When are they gonna change the name of their state? Why would they do that? It's French for Indian. Here's your history lesson. So we've given you a little of everything. Fantasy football, I mean, history lesson. If Cleveland lessons. had to change their baseball team's name, I mean, the least the state could do is change its name. Of course, I'm kidding. It's all good. Uh, but anyway, we'll start talking about some fantasy football. We'll have fun with that as well. And we'll see how we're able to do. I finished second last year. And as usual, I get bounced in the playoff. I always, I, I never, I finished first three years in a row in my other league and every year I lose in the first round of the playoffs because it's head to head. It's terrible. If you were, if you were an NFL team, who, what would that team be? Makes the playoffs, gets bounced like the Titans before they started going downhill. 
Do you yeah, remember the Titans? There was yeah. one seed one year, I think, and they got bounced by the Bengals in the first. It's like round, the '90s. It's like the '90s Bills. Oh no, they got uh, the Super Bowls though. They got they, the, got the, they got the Super Bowls. So that might not be yeah. the, the best thing. It could be kind of the 49ers, I guess. Right? The recently go far. They go they, to the they go to the NFC Championship, championship yeah, game though. At, at least. Yeah, well, I can't think. Of th- the Bills now. The Bills now. Yeah. They, they seem to disappoint once they get to the playoffs, right? Yes. Or the Ravens before Lamar Jackson got over the won that first play, playoff That's game. A <laughs> That's a good one. There you go. Oh, man. Anyway, all right. Well, we are going to wrap up this Wednesday special edition, of course, reviewing and recapping what happened yesterday with the cutdown for the Raiders and, of course, the, their trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. The rest of the week uh, on this show, what we're going to do is tomorrow we will drop a silver and black blitz, most likely from me or maybe Mo on Friday. We'll see, depending on how schedules work out. So we will have some more content this week, our shorter shows. We haven't had one of those this week, but we will have one coming up as well. Of course, there's no game this Sunday, so we will not have a post-game show. But then we will be back uh, raging next week with a blitz probably on Monday and then Tuesday a full show Thursday, a full show. Next Thursday, we're going to have Jason Lockenfora from CBS Sports will be our guest. And we're also looking at a nice guest on Tuesday. So we'll keep that under wraps until we confirm. But we got lots to talk about. We'll have lots of roster movements. And then next week, Mo, we actually get to start talking about a real game. Denver Broncos up first. Yes. And the Latter Raider fans are confident in that game. The last I looked at the line, as I told Scott, the Broncos are favored by four. If you can get it at plus four Raiders, this is a little betting advice. Take the plus four on the Raiders. Yes, absolutely. I think it started at what? Two and a half, right? And it moved all the way to four so far. It moved, it moved up, which is weird because I would think that Jacobs being back in the fold should have yeah. moved it the should other have moved way. It. But. So yeah, so if you haven't bet it, bet it now while you can before mm-hmm. it goes up or goes down. So anyway... Listen, um, Mo, what do you got the rest of the week uh, for people? I know you have a crazy Wednesday, the rest of today, and into the weekend, um, and let everybody know what's coming up for you. So TBD to be announced, I'm going to have two. I'm going to have a column on Thursday and a column on Friday. I'm sure the Rays will be involved in one of those columns. It'll be about the roster cuts. I'm sure I'll have to talk about surprise cuts or guys that should be on rosters. I think the Raiders should be interested in, in guys that – we didn't mention today because as I dig into the names that are going to be available, because as Scott said, they're going to be more roster moves. So there'll be more guys that are going to hit waivers. They're going to hit the free agent market that I think the Raiders should pounce on with the way their linebacker core is currently constructed. So I'll have that on Bleach Report on Sportsnot. I'll actually start to move forward toward the season looking at, okay, bold predictions for the Raiders in 2023. I'll turn that into a Bleach Report live show. I'll also have some non-bowl predictions, some realistic predictions what I think the Raiders could do statistically for the 2023 season over at Sportsnot. Nice. So so you're saying you have a leisurely week is what you're saying. The rest <laughs> of your week. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and uh, look for my stuff. I will have, uh, obviously now being full-time at Sportsnot, uh, I will be doing a lot of stuff around the NFL and uh, Major League Baseball, a bunch of different stuff. But as far as Raiders content is concerned, look right here as well. I did do a story that you'll see uh, on Sports Not Today about the cuts yesterday. Also, uh, you can check out Raider Ramble. I did my weekly piece, which we're doing on Trey Tucker. 
So Trey Tucker and kind of his advancement. Um, each staff member there, Mo, picked a player that they're going to follow throughout the year and kind of do updates on their development. So that's who I got, Trey, which is interesting because I've been critical of Trey Tucker even when they drafted him. So it's a, it's a good it's a good mix, uh, and and again you got to be objective. So you look at what they do well and what they don't do well. So you can check that out at Raider Ramble. Shout out to Mario and the guys over there. All right, Mo, we will either hear from you later in the week on a on a blitz, or we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Sounds good. You'll hear from me soon. <laughs> Midtown Mo. <laughs> <laughs> going to close out with the, the Midtown Mo. Now, see, if you get the shirt, I will I will post this file. People can download this file, and you got to make like an Instagram or a TikTok <laughs> oh my in gosh. your Midtown Mo shirt, and you're strutting down a street somewhere. We'll give you some entrance music. Yes, entrance music. Just walk in and go. I love it. All right. For our producer, <laughs> Mike Robier, who wants you to again subscribe to the show put on the auto download wherever you get your audio and a shout out by the way to the youtube audience thank you for the lively chat as always and again thanks to mike for being such a great producer for for us and for momoton i am scott goldbrands and this has been silver and black today and we'll talk to you next time take care raider nation